Hello again, friends, and welcome back to another edition of the Mid-South Wrestling Television Review Podcast, this time looking at Mid-South Wrestling Television from October 16th, 1982, hosted by Boyd Pierce and Cowboy Bill Watts, which was taped, the first part of a television taping on October 13th, 1982, in Shreveport, Louisiana, at the Irish McNeil Boys Club. And without any further ado, I'm the great Brian Lass, and with me, as always, from Booking the Territory, Mike Mills. Mike. This is a good week of Mid-South Wrestling, would you say? Oh, yeah. Just from even, like, the enhancement talent match that we're going to talk about shortly at the very beginning, someone who's in that match, I I, I think that that makes it kind of interesting because when you see him for the, you know, when you see him in Mid-South for the first time, if, you're, if it's your first time through the territory, you'll be like, oh, wow. And then, you know, you get a little bit more of Kamala. I mean, just, um, just a, a really good week. You got DiBiase and Olympia just overall and not just that grappler and wrestling too overall just a lot of really good stuff happening in this week's episode and a couple of new faces and we'll talk about them as we get going with the show but let's listen to the show open right now boyd pierce and cowboy bill watts i'm your host boyd pierce another tremendous card you'll see two champions in the ring versus each other the mississippi heavyweight champion mr olympia takes on the north american heavyweight title holder ted dibiase also, a battle of the masked men from Atlanta, Georgia, Mr. Rassing 2 versus the masked grappler. Also, you'll see Iron Mike Sharp defend his Louisiana Heavyweight Championship against the challenge of Hacksaw Duggan from Tokyo. We'll see Chavo Guerrero in action. Colonel Buck Roby is here. Also, Kamala the Ugandan Giant, an outstanding card, and that calls for outstanding commentary, and that can never be topped. But except by our guest this week, Cowboy Bill Watts. Bill, well, thank, thank you, boy. And, of course, with the Superdome coming up on Thanksgiving, November the 25th, lots of big-name stars heading this way. Mil Mascaris will be coming in the near future. Gorgeous Gino Hernandez. Tony Atlas, Mr. USA, is back in the area. And the crowds are reacting with great acclaim for that strong stallion, friend of the junkyard dog. Well, a couple things uh, real quick, Mike. First of all, Boyd for this taping, and I think we said something maybe last week, he's really dressed down. He's dressed like a, you know, a normal Southern businessman, I assume. Yeah, very just, um, I'm going to use the term conservative. I don't mean that politically. I mean, just conservative suit. Just, you know, looks like a, would you say a navy blue, maybe? I don't think it's black. It definitely looks like a navy blue. What you think, Brian? I think it's a navy blue. Yeah, so he's got a navy blue business suit on, and, and not only the business suit, but it appears to be just a plain white shirt. So, He's definitely dressed down by uh, Boyd Pierce standards here. From there, we get a clip that Bill Watts pitches to from Japan via Houston because Paul Bosch, well, we'll explain this in a second, but it's Chavo Guerrero, who's going to be coming into the territory versus Kengo Kimura or Kenji Kimura, as he's called by both Bill Watts and Paul Bosch. And I say that because Paul Bosch, even though they have the original Japanese commentary, Paul Boss just randomly speaks up at different points to say something about the match. And this is actually from two years earlier. This is a, a match that was a title change for the NWA International Junior Heavyweight Championship, October 3rd, 1980. So it's two years later, and they're playing this on the show. And we're not going to play that audio because it's just Japanese commentators with Paul Boss jumping in every now and then. You have any notes or thoughts about that, Mike? No, I just, just had that they threw it to Japan with Chavo and... 
I don't know if I realize that it was this dated when you say, you know, from a from a couple of years earlier, if they said it, I I missed it when taking notes. But um, it's for the world junior heavyweight title. Um, It's like you said, they play the original Japanese commentary, but they they show, I guess, a good four and a half minutes of the match. So um, if you have the original footage, because this isn't this isn't on the network, if you have the original footage, it's it's out there for you to see uh, from the Mid-South episode. But nothing from it other than I guess it's good you know i always like things like this when you see a guy who is coming into the territory and they kind of show him from a different environment i mean back in the day when you didn't have access to things it's a, it's like whoa look at this this is something different this is something new it's like a shiny new car uh new toy if you if you will i guess i could explain it like that so this was kind of cool to see uh back in the day we get from there our opening match it's colonel buck robley and tim horner Versus making their debut here, Ted Allen and Marty Lundy, also known as Nightmare Ted Allen, and of course, Arn Anderson. Mike, before we get to anything else, you kind of built it up at the top. What'd you think here? Seeing Arn Anderson for the first time on Mid-South TV, under his real name, Marty Lundy, really early in his career. So you got two schools of thought here. The first one is you see him before he's a member of the Horsemen and Arn Anderson. You know, as a kid, you're watching it, at least for me, I'm like, okay. It was Ted Allen and Marty Lundy. You don't really think nothing of it. But then, you know, fast forward 35 years or more, and you go back and you start watching Old Men South again, and you're like, it's Ted Allen and Arn Anderson. Holy crap. And it's just pretty amazing watching, you know, I guess I'll call him a young Arn Anderson right here before he explodes on that TBS Superstation as a member of the Four Horsemen. It's just, it's pretty, it's pretty, I don't know. It's uh, it's almost surreal in a way to look back at it and, and see him at this stage of his career when you know what he ends up becoming. Yeah, and he would go from Mid-South to becoming a big star in Southeastern as Arn Anderson uh, after he would leave here. But we have a few months of Marty Lundy on TV. And of course, this match, Ted Allen and Marty Lundy versus Buck Robley and Tim Horner, an interesting new tag team there. I don't know why they were put together, but Tim Warner looks good here. I got to say, at this point in his career, he's good in the ring. They have a lot of good young guys on the undercard right now. Like, it really is a little bit of a youth movement. Tony Anthony gets a job as grappler number two. Tim Warner's working in a good spot if he's teaming up with Buck Robley. You have Arn and Ted Allen, who, again, they lose the match, but they are really good and capable workers, even though they're young in their careers. You have a lot of good young guys. Jesse Barr's pretty good. You have a lot of good young guys on the card. I agree. Actually, one of my notes, too, when when you were just saying it about the young guys is I have Tim Horner look great in this match. I mean, he started it off. He dominated Ted Allen and Marty Lundy from the start. So, you know, Tim, Tim is a good wrestler. He just can't promo. Just keep the mic away from him. But other than that, <laughs> you want to talk about a guy in the ring. He he knows what he's doing. He he commands things. It's he he looks like a guy that that definitely could lead the match if needed. And um, you know, call it in a ring and do everything he needs to do. So yeah, I mean, he's in a really good spot there with 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 Robley. I mean, he he's a good wrestler. There's no other way to say it. It's just do not put a mic in front of him. That's the the key with Tim Horner. Well, once Bill Watts had a mic in front of him, he couldn't wait to talk a little bit about football. So let's get <laughs> to this in the opening minute of the match. You know, just a few minutes into the show, Bill Watts on some college football news. Hey, Bill Watts. Well, we know Buck Robley's got a lot of experience, and Tim Horner's an up-and-comer. We don't know a lot about Ted Allen and Marty Lundy. They look like they're finely conditioned athletes. Could be a great bout. 
And of course, Boyd Pierce, this is our first taping session since the big shootout in Dallas, Texas, when the University of Oklahoma and the Texas Longhorns. And we want to congratulate Coach Barry Switzer and the University of Oklahoma. The Big Red won the big game down there, and Steve, Dr. Death Williams, was probably a key part as most of the yardage was run right up the middle with Steve Williams and Booger Parker, and they were beating that Texas middle linebacker who was a former high school Oklahoma high school all-star from Union, Jeff Lighting, and they really stuck it to Jeff and made him like it. And I'm sure that Steve Dr. Death Williams wanted us to tell Dick Murdoch, who's such a tremendous Longhorn fan, that Murdoch was going to have to eat a lot of the things he'd been saying all year to Dr. Death. Tremendous action out here in the ring, and Ted Allen is a little shoe letter. These guys are moving, and the crowd is really appreciating it. And that's the truth, Mike. While Bill Watts is going off about the Texas shootout, there's a lot of really good action in the ring with Ted Allen and Tim Horner. Yeah, they're moving fast. They're hitting the ropes. I mean, that's the best way to describe it. There's no lull in the action. Nobody's laying on the mat in a chin lock for, you know, three, four minutes at a time. These guys are are pretty much just getting after it. I mean, they all they got out there and they worked a good little quick you know, I guess six minute or so TV match. I mean, uh, give him credit here. I mean, Buck Robley ends up and Horner end up getting the the win, but Bot, the, Watts called it right there. Good opening match uh, from four guys. Only one re- being real notable at this point, but just a really good, nice way to set the tone in the opening of the program. We also get a little bit from Watts about why TV time limits are different from arena show time limits. DiBiase, Mr. Olympia, the Mississippi champion, and Akbar has protested that victory of Mr. Olympia in Jackson, Mississippi, and he is really raising cane, but so far George and Gil Culkin and the officials of Mississippi have not backed down. They've, they've said that Akbar's interference was just too much. Marty Lund, a, a big, powerful man. Mr. Wrestling 2, this is a main event that headline any arena anywhere and Grizzly Smith has put it right here on television for free for those of you watching at home. Mr. Wrestling 2 versus the Grappler and then Iron Mike Sharp will defend his Louisiana title against Hacksaw Duggan and things are heating up as there's a lot of intensity, a lot of people coming into the area trying to get a shot at jock in for position on the big Superdome card and the great cards in Houston, Texas with Paul Bosch and Peter Burkholz and their new association with Mid-South Wrestling. Tags out, Horner's in. I might make note again, many people wonder about the pace of the matches on Mid-South Wrestling's television. But Grizzly Smith and the and Charlie Lay, the officials of Mid-South, a long time ago cut the time limits down where the, the maximum time they can have unless it's a championship match is 10 minutes. And that really makes the guys have to go on the offensive. We're in the arena shows. Most of the time, even a preliminary match has at least a 15-minute time limit, so they can be paced a little slower. And your main events are one-hour time limit where the guys can be defensive and put a lot more strategy in it. But in the shortened time limit here, if they don't want a time limit draw on t- national television, they really got to go out there and take the high-risk moves and make things happen trying to get the victory. And it's caused some exciting, tremendous bouts here on television. A completely different pace. The other thing Bill Watts says on commentary, Mike, that's interesting is he says that Buck Robley really wants to get his hands on the Mongolian stomper who's hidden out. And correct me if I'm wrong, he doesn't come back, does he? So, I, I mean, don't remember. Yeah, I don't think so either. It was last week, right? Where he like, Or two weeks ago where he ran in and he attacked Buck Robley and then he had a squash match after they built him up for a few weeks of promo videos. I think that's the end of the Mongolian stomper. He just left. 
Yeah, I, yeah, I think so. Because we, we kind of briefly mentioned that. I, I, and I like I told you, he was in and out so quick for me as a kid that I didn't even remember the, the quick little thing they did with him. Like it didn't stand out for me. And it makes sense that it wouldn't stand out because there was so much going on with DiBiase, the dog Olympia and Duggan at that moment, that that was the the big thing. So like, I just, I don't even remember it. So I, I don't, I do not recall him coming back. Now, if he does, I, it's just, I don't remember, but I don't, I'm with you. I don't recall it. Buck Robley and Tim Horner win with a fist drop on Ted Allen. And then from there we get, Kamala versus Jesse Barr with Rick Ferreira as the referee. It's interesting. Out of all the music they replaced, they're not worried about this music. On the yeah. <laughs> they just let the Kamala music play. Sue I us. They sue us, indigenous <laughs> tribes. Sue us. I can't do it with them. <laughs> yeah, man, they got the Kamala music and it plays and the people are. It's funny because when Kamala's coming out, like the people are clapping and. It's it's weird. If you watch people, they're like some of them are standing up and all like, man, look at this big guy. And then some of them are, are kind of like clapping along with it. I don't know. It's a weird dynamic when Kamala's coming out and he's slapping his belly. Uh, I do notice that I don't think Friday has his cigar in his mouth this time. I wanted to point that out. But and he has know, a new mask this, and he has a new mask. Yes, he doesn't have what we think was the grappler's mask. On. I'm sorry, or not the grappler, uh, Wrestling 2's mask. We we think he may have had, in that first appearance, Wrestler 2's mask. Uh, but I did think we it come was to the that? grappler's mask, though, once, because it was all sparkly. Okay, okay, maybe so. I know the first time it, it, it really appeared he had Wrestling 2's mask on, but uh, he is... Uh, he is waiting. I, one point of note, Brian, before you play any audio from this, if you are, is that uh, Jesse Barr is much smarter than Tim Horner was before he was uh, assaulted by Kamala and uh, murdered. Because Jesse Barr is standing over there like, oh, man, what did I sign up for? Yeah, but to be fair, that's his face for everything. Yeah, true, <laughs> You've been too. watching Mid-South Wrestling. Whenever they show Jesse Barr, it's like, eh. <laughs> it just It's the same <laughs> face no matter what's happening. So to your point you just made, you make a great point, because if you think about when we were watching uh, Paul Ellering's crazy workouts, Jesse Barr is standing there like, what the hell am I doing here? It's that <laughs> people have written it in, whatever it is, like the, I just peed my pants face. Or whatever it is. <laughs> I'm seven years old and I was caught. Like, it's just one of those various <laughs> things people have sent in. But uh Bill Watts has a little bit on commentary here about Kamala's technique. Let's listen to this right now. John Gian Giant, Kamala, being introduced as opponent across the ring for the Pacific Northwest, Jesse Barr, Bill, an awesome raster to say the least. Well, he's quite a specter. You know, I don't know what it's all coming to because you thought that no matter what, they finally got to get down into their wrestling gear and wrestle. But certainly psychologically, you've got to wonder about a guy like this. He's immense. He's huge. He's unorthodox. He doesn't claim through his spokesman to have any skills as far as any scientific or technique. But he is a big, awesome, ugly, ugly. And, of course, you know what's on my mind, Boyd Pierce, is there's a collision heading like two freight trains on the same track between this man and the junkyard dog because I'll guarantee even though nobody's voiced it they come here to get a piece of the dog it always comes back to the dog Kamala said nothing 
The dog's been doing other things, but it always comes back to the dog because he is the biggest star in the territory. Yeah, I guess you got to and you got to just pretty much tease it to just kind of say, yeah, you know, it's all about the dog, because I guess Watts there, too, is planting the seed. You know, dog is the biggest baby face in the territory. So, you know, who knows? Um, and the, the, the thing about that, too, is even if if it never comes back to the Kamala and the dog, even if that never were to happen, let's just let's just say that he at least plants a seed and it's in your mind as a fan to say, well, what if, you know, I mean, like, so it's a possibility down the line, but I won't spoil anything, whether it happens or not, but there you go. It's planting the seed. They kid in the yellow shirt. Sometimes when Kamala pats his belly, he pats his own belly too. You, you, you're, you're mesmerized. You can't take your eye off of that moron. You know, let me tell you something. There's something that happens during this uh, show and he gets so into a match that he like jumps up. And I was so happy to see him do something without like mugging for the camera. It was like a real emotion coming out of him. Like, oh my God, I'm so excited. Yes. Good guy. <laughs> Brian Lass hate the kid with the yellow yeah. shirt who wears the same Pittsburgh Steelers shirt to every single taping. Yeah, almost as much as you hate Roop, which we'll all hear next week on the show. Oh, but Jesus Lord, yes. <laughs> Kamala wins with a splash. And from there, we get a really good TV match. The North American champion, Ted DiBiase, versus the Mississippi State champion, Mr. Olympia. Alfred Neely is the referee. Mike, this was awesome. Like this was yeah. DiBiase's awesome as a heel here. Olympia is so good in the ring. The fans were totally into everything, which helped make everything even better. This is awesome stuff. This is another example of why Mid South Wrestling was so great during during the eighties and early eighties, mid eighties, because you had matches like this where you've got two champions, although in not, it's a non title match, but. You know, because you have that, I guess, constricted time limit. You got two guys who go in there and it's balls to the wall, fast paced, Indy 500 style race car type. I'm moving a million miles an hour during this thing. There's not moments in this where you're like, oh, they're going slow. Nothing's happening. It's a freaking great TV match. And again, I know it's non-title, but you got two champions in there facing off in the crowd. They're into it. I mean, it's it, it, there's no time when they're just kind of sitting on their hands waiting for something to happen. They are talking to the people next to them. Ooh, did you see that? Look at this. Look at that. I mean, they're into this thing. This is this is a really, really good matchup. Let's go down to the open of the match where Bill Watts reminds us about the upcoming tag team match in two weeks with the big stipulation, the loser of the fall leaves town. Mr. Olympia. Boy, Pierce, ring that bell. They're getting it on. There's no love lost between these guys. Just a few weeks ago, DiBiase and Dugan jumped Mr. Olympia while the dog was in the shower. And right there, Mr. Olympia with his flying body press. DiBiase looked like he was trying to go for a power slam, but was off balance. And again, you see this fast action, this quick movement. This is indicative of the time limits placed on this match. One fall or a 10-minute time limit. It means if there's no decision in 10 minutes, it's a draw. So these guys can't be defensive at all. they got to come out and make it happen. It's a high-risk type thing. It's like a, a sudden-death overtime in the NFL where the first one that scores wins. They've got to take a lot of chances, a different psychology, a fast-paced thing. Here on Mid-South is Grizzly Smith, the matchmaker, Charlie Lay president, gives another exciting main event to the viewers at home. And that's what makes Mid-South wrestling the number one in television ratings in each market that it's in and we're happy we thank you fans for tuning in we thank you for inviting us in your homes Just talking to ted bays in oklahoma city channel 34 the other day how excited and happy he is he's just been in the mid-south wrestling network for 
less than a year. And of course, Channel 39 in Houston is now showing Mid-South. And it's really exciting for everybody. Dean Ward, the general manager of Channel 26 in New Orleans, has is, is really caused everybody in New Orleans to sit up and take notice as an independent UHF station is right up there in the ratings battles by dominating his time period with Mid-South Wrestling. Channel 4, Little Rock, Arkansas. Channel 2, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Channel 12, Jackson, Mississippi. Channel 10, Lafayette. Listen to the people here. Ted DiBiase and Mr. Olympian. In two weeks, Boyd Pierce, we're going to have a showdown for the Mid-South Tag Titles. A one-fall, no disqualification. And the loser of the fall will leave Mid-South. And these are two of the men that should be in it. If Olympia and Junkyard Dog still have the titles in two weeks, here on TV, they'll be the showdown with DiBiase and Hacksaw Dugan. And the tremendous cost, a title could either be retained or it could be lost. But more than that, the man that loses the fall will have to leave Mid-South. So it's... A ton of excitement as these two men really, there's DiBiase running Mr. Olympia's head in to the turnbuckles, bringing him to that sudden stop. Well, there was a lot there. Of course, he talks about the stipulations and how big the match is going to be, and he definitely talks about it in a way that makes you feel the emotion of the moment. But then he also plugs seemingly every single television station that Mid-South Wrestling is airing on, one after another for like two minutes. Yeah, I would say that was uh, he was marketing his own promotion and making sure that everyone knew where to find them. If they were just happening to catch them at that moment, wherever they were catching them, it's like we're here, we're there. You know, he made he made a statement about Channel 26 in New Orleans, the independent station, the UHF station that I used to watch Mid-South on. And um, he says, you know, it's dominating the ratings on that station. Man, Brian, for the life of me. I don't remember what else I used to watch on Channel 26 as a kid. Maybe cartoons or something around this time. I mean, that's the only thing I can think of. I don't I don't even remember what else would come on. So, I mean, he's on something when he says that. I just remember flipping through and hitting a little knob on the TV back in the day, and you find 26, and one day I just happened to find wrestling, and I was hooked from that point on. I was like, all right, this, this is the time. Okay, Mama, I don't want to go nowhere at 5 o'clock on a Saturday in New Orleans. But, yeah, he plugged all the stations, Lafayette, Baton Rouge. I mean, uh, you heard it. Yeah, if, you notice, he, he, if you notice, the big markets got the program director's name on the air. The small yeah. markets, he just said the number. We're in Little yeah. Rock on two. We're, we're in Shreveport on three. We're, <laughs> the big yeah. markets, like, I want to thank Ken and his beautiful family. I want to thank them for everything they do. They see the evidence. They see the Mid-South <laughs> so strong. You can't blame Watts, can you? He's naming people by name in the big markets. He knew it was up. He knew where he was going with that. By the way, you know, as we're talking about that, in the background, this match is going on. This great match. Hank is in the front row center. Even more center than his usual seat used to be. But you could tell he probably got there early. He's like, I'm not going to sit on the side again for another taping. So he's there. I got to wonder if Watts like, ever gets mad. If he's always like happy that, like, oh, that old guy's there again. Or if it's like, why won't he react to anything? Right. Sitting right in the front row, he's staring intently at what's happening. And he doesn't flinch no matter what. <laughs> nothing phases him nothing moves him nothing causes him to emote in any way he just sits there and stares through the wrestlers in that's important because when you think about how this thing finishes 
And what happens at the at the finish of this match with DiBiase and Olympia, Hank just sits there. He's kind of like, you know, when DiBiase wins, uh, he's just no reaction. Now, the lady next to him, I, I'll, I'll talk about this in a second once you kind of play the finishing audio, but she reacts, but Hank's just like, all right, next up. You know, it just goes to show you, like, he must have really enjoyed himself here, but he'll ne- you would never know it. And the only reason we know he really enjoyed it is because he's there. Otherwise, why would he come unless his wife's dragging him in there? I guess that's a possibility. But he just, no reaction, just stone face. And I wonder if Watts kind of just didn't like that. I mean, he pro- I don't know. He probably didn't care. But who knows? I bet you Watts knew him by name. If you call up Watts right now, I bet you he knows that guy. He's like, yeah, I remember him. His name was such and such. You know, when you watch this match, you see it's almost like the entire crowd is getting younger around Hank and his little crew of old people. It's now like four of them, and everyone around them is just youth. Yeah, it's like because in this particular match, <laughs> people are like, why are y'all talking about this? There's like three older people to the right of him, I believe, and then everyone else is just young. It's like, and, and even just, the colors, you know, like there were like old people colors. If you just look at like Hank and this woman next to him, who we assume is his wife, everything <laughs> above them is like full of life and color. And they're just drab. They're like, I don't even know what that is. What is it off gray? I don't know what that is. They're wearing. I I don't know, man. I don't know. They, <laughs> they don't, I don't you know. You know I'm right. You're looking at it. Yeah. And you're like you see it. Yeah, you can, man. They're there. Now, again, you said Hank doesn't react, which he doesn't. But the lady next to him, assuming that's his wife or his date or whatever, she uh, she reacts during this match. She's especially at the end. She she reacts in a way that she looks like she's talking some noise over there. Like, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, she's she's kind of getting into it. I think she has to be his wife. I would think. Yeah, it has to be. But anyway, let's uh, play some more audio. We said we were going to do that before we went off on this long talk about Hank. I take the blame <laughs> for that. But uh, here's the finish of the match and, of course, commentary from Cowboy Bill Watts. The dog, and we hope to have him on television. DiBiase went for his figure four. Mr. Olympia countered, and DiBiase, the champs, in a lot of trouble. Of course, both of them are champions, but DiBiase has that North American title, which takes precedence over the state title. Reverse neck breaker. And Mr. Olympia is really attacking the champion. He'd like to put that man's shoulders right down. Again, very, very close. DiBiase's got to be wondering what it takes to stop Mr. Olympia, but a lot of men have wondered that. Olympia hit him with a power slam. DiBiase's own pet moves. Olympia is showing what he's made of. Referee is stunned there. DiBiase going to the tights. He's going to the tights. Oh, that right to the jaw. Referee Alfred Neely was stunned there. DiBiase picking him up. DiBiase applying a sleeper. What subtlety, what an insult. Referee Alfred Neely will certainly feel that he's got the sleeper, a legal hold on Mr. Olympia. Olympia's hands are limber, which will signify the end of the bout. But we all saw the DiBiase do something in that glove to add to that right hand delivered behind 270 pounds. And Mr. Olympia's out, and DiBiase has won the bout. The hand raised to Ted DiBiase. We'll be back. Mr. Rising 2 in the ring against the Masked Raptor after this message from Mid-Southwest. You know, we talked about it before the match. Hank's sitting there stone-faced. The woman next to him is clapping furiously. Like, not a normal clap, just like a hard, steady, fast clap. 
at DiBiase. So not only does he not react, the woman with him is cheering the heels. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what that's the point I was gonna make. I just I was waiting for you to play the audio. She, I mean, when DiBiase wins with a the sleeper, they they cut to that hard camera shot. Hank stone face not moving i mean literally it, it looks like he's a wax figure and she's over there clapping like yeah which leads me to believe like she's just one of those devoted old-time wrestling fans who remembers dibiase's face run and she just can't turn even though he, he's gone evil she can't turn her back on him and, and it's funny because in that sequence when dibiase uh olympia's got dibiase pinned and DiBiase presses Olympia off of him where Olympia lands on Alfred Neely. If you watch that sequence back or that little part back when when Olympia lands on Alfred Neely, she she starts nodding her head like, yeah, here we go. Like, she's just into this thing, man. She's like a sports fan that's like, all right, he's about to get him. And that's exactly what happens. You know, he pulls the, the gimmick out the trunks, nails Olympia in the head. And what I thought was great like psychologically here a do- he puts Olympia in Olympia's finisher and has him in the sleeper. And it looks good because Alfred Neely doesn't turn around and just see that the man is completely knocked out. It it looks like he actually put him to sleep when he didn't really put him to sleep. He just knocked him out with 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 this gimmicked, uh, you know, hand with the, the, the glove. It's really good. From there, we get our next match. It's the grappler. Versus Mr. Wrestling 2 with Rick Ferreira as the referee. And this is an okay little match. What did you think, Mike? I thought they did good here, man. I mean, there's, there's, it's, it's two very talented guys. So, of course, you know, I think it's going to be good when you, when you think about these two. And, uh, you know, Watts reminds us, you know, that how two came here. He tells us, he gives us the backstory of it and how the tag match with the loser coming up in the next couple weeks. So he reminds us about the loser leaves town stipulation. But, um, you know, I, I think, I think, I think this was a good match. Watts gets a, a, another thing, too. He gets a lot of points across in this. He starts talking about the potential names coming to Mid-South in the next, you know, or he doesn't say that they're definitely coming, but he mentions a bunch of names. And the name that caught my ear was he mentions Matt Bourne. So if this is your first go round with Mid-South and you haven't watched ahead at all, stay tuned. That's all I really want to say about that. But other than that, you got two very talented guys right here. It's it's going to be a good match. Uh, it, the people, I wouldn't say they're into it as much as the previous match, but it, it's kind of hard to match the intensity of what you just saw. So they do come down a little bit, but it's still really good. And then the finish ends up being a great finish, in my opinion, as well, that the people were into. We want to thank you. Wrestling 2, firing away. The grappler may have made a mistake trying to take 2's mask off. That's a hard thing to do. That that mask of twos is very elastic, tight nylon. It, it may stretch a mile, but it won't tear, and it's hard to get off, but it infuriates him, and you can see him pouring the heavy, heavy numbers. Like fine wine, just keeps getting better and stronger. There he set the grappler up for that big knee lift. Grappler got out of the way. The grappler got out of the way. He caused two to make the first error we've seen him make here on television. And now the grappler looked like he's stalking two to beat two with his own knee. The grappler popped two in the arm. Two is trying to shake it off. The grappler, a wily veteran, is taking his time to put the man away. He doesn't rush it like a rookie. He knows how dangerous two is. He's stalking him to try to beat him. There he went for the shoulder breaker, but two got out of the way, but the grappler went back in two's arm again. Catches everything, and the grappler, the wise man he is, will be soon setting two up 
for the grappler twist. If I know this man's, there he goes, there he goes with it. You know when he sees us, wrestling two, wrestling two got out of it, body slam. The grappler tried to make two miss the knee, but two sidestepped it. The Matador delivers. Two, two, two. The count, one, two, three, and wrestling two again. Listen to the crowd. Two, 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 two. Look at them. The grappler is attacking two from behind, but wrestling two shows him once and for all who's boss, boy. Mr. Wrestling two, the victor. The Louisiana Heavyweight Championship match coming up following this word from Mid-South Wrestling Television Network. Now that's some great stuff right there at the end. The crowd is so into it. Watts is seemingly into it. Watts yells out, the Matador delivers! He's so excited. And it's really good. They keep building up the knee, and he finally hits the knee and gets him. Really good stuff. That was a great finish without, like, a ton of false finishes where, you know, you know two counts. It, they they really did a nice little job there. I mean, they had that sequence at the end where Grappler hits two with uh, the the knee lifts, and then Grappler goes for the extended armbar twist, but two avoids it and body slams Grappler. And then two goes for the knee, but Grappler, it was a really nice the way he sidestepped it. But when he sidesteps it, he turns his back to two, and two hits him with a belly to the back. Grappler gets up and two hits Grappler with the big knee and two wins by pinfall as the crowd, as you heard there, they chant two, two, two. Another note that I had was the lady next to Hank. And boy, we're spending a lot of time talking about these fans, right? The lady next to Hank who just cheered the heel and DiBiase right there. She ends up cheering two as two one. And she even whispers to let's assume it's her husband, Hank, something to him, which he completely no sells and doesn't even nod his head or anything uh, as two wins and, <laughs> and whatnot. But the crowd in general, to the point you made, they were into it. And like you said, Bill Watts was like, the Matador delivers. Yeah, it was really good, man. It was a good little finish. I got to isolate that that soundbite <laughs> at some point. But uh, yeah, on- <laughs> I may have to. Uh, Mr. Wrestling 2 defeats the grappler with a knee lift. From there, we get a championship match for the Louisiana State Championship. Iron Mike Sharp defending against Hacksaw Jim Duggan, or just Hacksaw Duggan here. Alfred Neely as the referee. Before we talk about this match, Mike, in the opening moments, Bill Watts has some news, some family news that he has to get out. Boyd Pierce, this should be a great championship about Hacksaw Duggan, a man who was written about in Sports Illustrated while he was at All-American at SMU, and Iron Mike Sharp for the Louisiana Championship. And speaking of championships, I want to congratulate my youngest son, Micah, and his seventh grade team. They won their conference, seventh grade football. Great job done by their coaches, J.C. Stubbs and Joe Donaldson. Also, I want to wish well to Kelly Baker, a friend of my son, Eric, in the ninth grade, who was badly injured and had a shattered elbow in football this year. We hope he heals and everything comes out great. He's a fine young man. See, Hank reacts there in the background. I don't know if you noticed. I didn't notice, I didn't notice it, man. All right, hold on. Let's, let's go back a few seconds via the capabilities of the internet. Go back, let's say, 20 seconds, and Hank reacts. Hold on. I'm going to do it, too. Great job done by their coaches, J.C. Stubbs and Joe Donaldson. Also, I want to wish well to Kelly Baker, a friend of my son, Eric, in the ninth grade, who 
was badly injured and had a shattered elbow in football this year. We hope he heals and everything comes out great. He's a fine young man. You see? I mean, it's not much, but he does react. Like, his face moves. It seems like he's smiling. They're enjoying Jim Duggan versus Iron Mike Sharp. He, he, he actually did turn and look to the woman that is next to him, and he says something, and he turns to the other side and says something to the person next to him, or it appears to at least somewhat do it. So that may be the most we've seen from Hank in, you know, nearly getting close to a year of doing this, man. That's impressive. She must like all the old favorites, so she won't give up on DiBiase. I mean, it's almost like a right. movie. You know, like, he's a bad guy wrestler, but she won't give up on him. Granny in the front row. And they cheer them, they cheer wrestling too, but like a match like this, they get into it because it's, it's good. It's good action. Jim Duggan's really good. Jim Duggan's like a perfect fit for Mid-South. By this point, you realize they made a good decision bringing him in. He's just a perfect fit, and this is a good match. And of course, this ends up being a big match for him in Mid-South wrestling. Any thoughts you had about the match? This is like the example of a old-school Mid-South match. It's like a really great example because you got... It's just two powerful guys, and they they literally just pound each other into submission. I don't want to say into submission because it's not a submission match, but they literally just beat on each other. I mean, it's clubbing, it's kicking, it's punching. Not too much fancy stuff or things you would think would be a good match nowadays whatsoever. Ain't nobody flipping or diving or doing none of that hokey stuff. It's just these guys are in there just beating the crap out of each other in, in, at this taping, and I guess that's the best way to put it. It's hard to really articulate it other than to say that. And, you know, the thing is, Duggan, he's a great fit to the point you made for Mid-South. He's a great fit. He ends up defeating Sharp here and winning the title. And I couldn't think of a, a better champion, to be honest, uh, even though he's a heel at this moment. To, to carry that belt at this point, you know, Sharp had a little run. We've enjoyed the kind of the little stuff that Sharp's done. But I got to say, you know, if you're going to put the belt on someone, the Louisiana title at this point, Duggan's a perfect fit for it as a heel. Let's listen to the closing minutes of the match. Reverse chop. And he's delivering a forearm smash right into the back of the neck. That'll snap you like a whip flash. Mike again went for a high-risk move, but you have to do this. And Hacksaw pulled up. Look at the power of Hacksaw to lift Iron Mike Sharp up and just hold him. He just holds people, and then he runs around the ring and batters them into the ring post. You can't imagine how much power that takes to be able to do that. Backbreaker. And Hacksaw going for the coup de grace, but Mike moves. Iron Mike going for broke. He's proud of that title that he won from Killer Khan right here on Mid-South Wrestling. Over power driver, but Hacksaw drove him back into the turnbuckle. Mike's still firing out of it. These men are pulling out all stops. They're going 150%. He's pulling him back in for the power driver. That's Mike's favorite hold. But the Hacksaw's getting his... Well, Mike's got him up. They went too far. Mike went for the reverse backbreaker, and they Hacksaw went clear over his head into the corner with the referees calling for the break. Hacksaw out of the way, and Mike's run into that immovable object, those turnbuckles, those are steel cables. They don't have a lot of give. Hacksaw reverse form, 
Spear! There he went with the spear, that high-risk move. He doesn't care if he hurts himself. And it looks like he's stunned by... We have a new Louisiana champion. Boyd Pierce, we have a new Louisiana champion right here on Mid-South Wrestling, Hacksaw Dugan. And he is the new champion, Hacksaw Dugan, and it also means we have time left for standby matches, and we'll see them in action after this message from Mid-South Wrestling Television Network. So it's a big week for Mid-South Wrestling. New Louisiana State champion, Hacksaw Duggan, and new 7th grade football conference champion, Michael Watts. (laughs) Oh, we all love how Bill Watts goes off and starts talking about family and his planes and his Aerostar and the people at the airport in Oklahoma City and all that great stuff. In the meantime, uh, Duggan hits... Sharp with a spear to win the Louisiana title. There are some people, we didn't talk about this a second ago, there are people chanting, I'm sorry, cheering for Duggan as he won that title. There's a few people to the left, and and um, the, the kid with the uh, Pitt, your favorite friend, Brian, uh, Pittsburgh Steeler shirt, he's uh, he's cheering for Duggan. He, he likes that Duggan won the title, so I'm sure you caught that. But in all seriousness, there are some boos, but there are some cheers as well for Duggan uh, winning that title right there. Well, from there, we get our next match. And by the way, Hacksaw Duggan wins with the spear. And it was a pretty clean finish, actually, all things considered for a Hacksaw Duggan match. Then we get the debut of Vladik Smirnov with General Skandar Akbar versus Vinny Romeo. Rick Ferreira as the referee. We have a little bit of audio from Bill Watts about the television industry. We'll play that, and then we'll talk about your thoughts about this match. And this debut wasn't just Arn Anderson debuting. It was Vladik Smirnov debuting, too. Well, let's listen to Bill Watts first talk a little bit about TV. You know, boy, I just got to digress a moment while we're watching this match, and I was talking to a lot of the people like Dean Horton, Ted Bays, and Ben Hevel, and people that are in the television industry, and, and they're so happy with Mid-South Wrestling, and I asked them what they thought was the difference, and they said, well, in all the years, they've, they've seen a lot of television wrestling shows, but... Very seldom do they get championship matches on the television wrestling. Generally, that's in the arenas only. And just like today, Grizzly Smith had a championship match from Tokyo via videotape replay and then a live championship match right here on Mid-South Wrestling. And that's what sets it head and shoulders above the rest. These are great main events here. And I think this that it excites me, and I'm glad to be here. I, I know I dominate so much of the conversation during this period of time, but I, I'm just like the fans at home and in the arenas that are watching it. I get excited. I love it. It's, it's in my blood. Well, Bill Watts certainly does dominate the conversation, but at least he apologizes for it. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah, he, he, he went on to say, you know, he understands, but he gets excited. He's just like a fan like the rest of us. So he gets excited, and that's why he dominated it. We all know he never has a shot of winning, but the girls are really into Vinnie Romeo here this week. I guess <laughs> I just was like this match watching Smirnoff. That's my thoughts. Yeah. This guy looks like he didn't graduate wrestling school. Like he knows like basics, but he doesn't know how to do any of them. Like just He's a boot to a- the chest. He does a body slam where he just like just dumps the guy. Like he doesn't like slam him. He just like oh, dude, just pushes him over. He's very awkward is the best way to describe him. He just looks funny in there. There's almost in the vein of um, Larry Higgins. Remember him? Yes, that's exactly what I was thinking. It's except he doesn't dress like him, but Higgins looked very awkward. This guy looks just as awkward. But the sad part about it is 
he's being put over here against Romeo. And I know Vinny Romeo is, not, is an enhancement talent, but he just something just he looks awkward and looks like he's a little bit lost, even though he's kind of leading the match. I don't man. I don't have nothing from it other than Shmirnov does not impress me. Well, first of all, he has, it looks like he got a tan, not even a tan. It looks like his legs got some sun while he was wearing shorts. Cause he has like a weird tan line. That's yes. just bizarre. And he's just milky white otherwise. And he's just weird looking. And apparently this is the future Korstia Korchenko. Is it? I didn't know if I realized that. I didn't either. I was going through the results for this period of time, and I saw that. I said, wait a minute, that cannot be true. And apparently this is Korstia Korchenko. Okay. Well, I just learned something today. Uh, it, it, well, he, he needs some more seasoning at this point. Not, not that Korchenko was, was a, a five-star athlete. Um, yeah, he really didn't improve much. I was <laughs> just saying. I'm not trying to say that, people. When I, when I'm not trying to put over uh, Korchenko, but yeah, this was not fun to watch other than what listening to Watts put over how all the people he knows in TV and in the TV industry put over Mid-South wrestling when he talks to them. If that really is the guy that played Korchenko, then he's like the freaking Tom McGee of big sloppy fake Russians in the eighties. You know what I mean? Like how did he get more than one chance? Cause he sucks. And he's probably listening and I'm, you know, but you sucked. No, he passed away. This guy, I thought, see, that's why I didn't know it was Korchenko. Oh, good. Let's kick I, him while he's down. He sucked. Korchenko died? Um. Well, I, I looked up the guy who, who this is supposed to be, and I could have sworn it said that he passed away about a year ago. I don't have a link to it. Oh. But it's, it's Kor, that's why I'm like, it was Korchenko? Uh, well, I may be wrong here as I'm thinking about it, but I could have sworn I looked it up, and I was like, this guy it, it was like alive until recently. But that's what's weird. Like, that doesn't look like what was Korchenko's real name? Do you remember? No. Okay. So I thought this guy. Okay. Maybe this is not the same guy. David Strawn, according to some website here. Just when you thought his outfit was really bad as Korchenko, he's dressed like this here. That's impressively bad, I must say. Well,. He wins. He looks like an egg, Brian. I'm like, he looks like you know how you said Bob Roop. You know how you said Roop in that singlet looked a little funny. What was the term you called it? What, what did you say Roop looked like? I can't remember. He's like, he looked like a, a egg or something. Maybe round. I don't something. Maybe right. an oval. Yeah, like this guy needed legs on those. And when I say legs, I'm not talking about full length leg. I mean at least to the to the knee on that singlet because the damn singlet is just it looks so stupid on him. It just. He looks like just a goofball. And I if this guy's still alive, I apologize. I mean, this is not personal. It's just that the the outfit it, it didn't stand up back then and it certainly doesn't stand up now. It just looks weird. And we're used to seeing Akbar with like serious heels. This guy Don't, just he doesn't have the look. Like as soon as you see him, you're like, who is this guy? And I gotta think maybe it was like the Mongolian Stomper left. We just need somebody, just anybody. Does anyone have a student you can send us? And <laughs> that's that's a great point. And and I, I like I don't want to give away next week, but next week is Hangman Harris is on the episode, and the whole time I'm thinking to myself when I'm watching him is like, Hangman Harris was perfect for for like Akbar. There was he was a good fit. He could work. He looked good. He looked legitimate. This guy. 
Akbar just, doesn't like using Americans unless he has to. I think guess. about it. Other than the one man gang who was technically more of a bodyguard, even though he started wrestling, Samoans, Killer Khan. I think that's it. <laughs> I'm trying to think of yeah. anyone else since uh, we've been watching. But Samoans and Killer Khan, foreign menaces. That's no, you make a good point. I, I just think, I just, man, I, I, this guy does not need to be with Akbar. He brings Akbar down. And that's the last thing I'll say about it. Well, he brought the match down with a side backbreaker. And how's that for a transition? And from yeah, there, right. we go to Grappler 2 versus Bob Stabler. And Alfred Neely is the referee. During this match, Bill Watts talks about helping out his old friend Steve, who played baseball and ran with him at the University of Oklahoma. <laughs> and then he mentions that his brother watches the show. And the other note I have is that Grappler 2 wins with a clothesline off the second rope. Mike, what did you have? Uh, that sounds about right. Let's. Uh, so I won't repeat what you just said. Uh, he. The only other thing he mentioned was he mentions the loser leaves town tag match again in a couple of weeks. He's making sure to plug that so that we don't miss it. There are two things being plugged throughout the show. Nonstop, the loser leaves town tag match. And then the other thing is e almost every commercial break, it says on the screen, instead of the next match, it'll say Superdome on Thanksgiving. So as the television network has expanded, since last year, or since the last Superdome. I don't think they've run the Superdome, maybe, since they opened up Oklahoma. So now they're going to try to get, like, the entire area, anyone who can come in. It's not just focusing on Louisiana. When you're putting it on the TV show for everyone, you're hoping someone will drive down from Oklahoma, or fly down, maybe. Fly down. And then, and then you know, you got to think about it, too. It's, it's not too terrible of a drive for people within the two- to three-hour range of the city of New Orleans as well. I mean, you know, you got Lafayette, even Lake Charles, you know, Alexandria. You've got a wide range, even into Mississippi, of towns that are only – well, within a three-hour drive, which if you think about it, I mean, you could you could legitimately drive in and go to the show, and maybe you stay there that night. But even if you don't want to stay in New Orleans that night, you can, you know, you can head out and be home. Let's say it ends around ten thirty or so. You you could be home, you know, twelve thirty, one thirty in the morning if you're not going to stay there. So it makes sense that it, that they're plugging it during those little intervals in between matches where you see the graphic where where it mentions the Superdome extravaganza. From there, we get the end of the show, Mike. Boyd Pierce and Cowboy Bill Watts closing things out. Let's listen to this right now. Two made short order of this, Boyd Pierce, and we still have some television time remaining, and I guess the topic on your mind as well as mine is two weeks in this big showdown. Uh, what do you think? Well, I just don't know. All four contestants, Ted DiBiase, Hacksaw, Doug, and Junkyard Dog, and Mr. Olympia, I can't see any of the four losing a fall, and yet one of them lose one of them will have to leave but i, I couldn't predict it gotta be all. a winner and there's gotta be a loser and of course i think next week you're gonna have bob root back bob Roop, uh, very, very capable he, he's controversial really and capable he does he doesn't use the television table as a sounding board like i thought he was of course he's been warned he would like to but he's really been compatible and we look forward to him also next week the junkyard dog the people's choice will be here with us in action cowboy bill watts will always be back whenever he's in the this vicinity, we look forward to you get more cards and letters wanting you to be our guest commentator, Bill. Well, thank you, boy. But also, like you said, from Japan in two weeks, we'll see the international tag team of Hiro Matsuda and Yoshi Yatsu. So it all adds up to great action. That's all the time we have this week. So until next week, thank you so much for viewing with us. We appreciate you every week. For Cowboy Bill Watts, I'm Boyd Pierce saying goodbye from Mid-South Wrestling.
And there it is, the end of the show. Again, usually they don't end it like that with just a long shot of the desk and them talking about what's coming up, but they end it with Boyd Pierce putting over Bill Watts about how popular he is, but then he also tells us that your favorite, Bob Roop, will be back as a commentator next week. And again, they're building up this match. I don't know if they've built up a match for television the way they've built this one up. Like that it's specifically this big match on TV. They're really pounding it home that this big match is coming up. And they close out this show talking about it. They'll close out next week talking about it too. Yeah, they, they, brought, they brought that up every single time, pretty much. In almost every match during this card, they mentioned the Loser Leaves Town tag match. Every single match. And then... Um, not only did they bring it up, they close the episode and they mention it, which is fine. And then they tell us Bob Roof was back on commentary, to which my ears do not want to experience again. But I did. The things you'll do for the listeners. Yes, yes, yes. I'm glad you put it like that. <laughs> well, as we close things out on this week of Mid-South Wrestling, want to remind you that if you listen to us on Apple Music or Apple Podcasts or iTunes, everything's changing. You never know what it is. Please leave us a positive review and a five-star rating. It really does help the show out. You can follow me on Twitter at GreatBrianLast. You can hear me on the 605 Super Podcast at 605pod.com or available wherever it is that you find your favorite podcast for classic wrestling talk and wrestling humor. The 605 Super Podcast. You can follow the Arcadian Vanguard Podcast Network on Twitter at Super Podcasts. And you can follow the Arcadian Vanguard Podcast Network on Facebook, the page facebook.com slash super podcast mike how can the listeners stay in touch with you and booking the territory follow me on twitter at mike 504 saints i've been posting clips of the shows that we discuss here various clips each and every week sometimes i do them ahead of us uh, actually discussing and the shows dropping but uh still lots of great clips out there coming up in the weeks to come especially so follow me there again it's mike 504 saints on twitter you can listen to book in the territory twice per week just go to tinyurl.com slash pod or search booking the territory wherever you get your podcast from uh we do two shows a week we talk about the nwa saturday night show from the 80s on thursdays those shows debut and on sundays it's our smoky mountain wrestling recaps both of those shows are week by week episodic uh, reviews just like brian and i do here with mid-south it's a lot of fun we are the unprofessional wrestling podcast as the language is strong with myself hard body hopper and doc turner and the jokes are not very classy if i can say so myself other than that we have a great time and it's a fun time i want to second brian and saying thank you for all of the five-star reviews on apple Podcasts, itunes whatever it's called now and brian this was a fun episode a lot was going on i did enjoy it uh, but uh, next week, to tease folks, Bob Roop is back in UGG. <laughs> we'll talk more about that next week. <laughs> but until then, the Mid-South Wrestling Television Review Podcast is a production of the Arcadian Vanguard Podcast Network. For Mike Mills, I'm the great Brian Last. Tally-ho!